0: Hello and welcome to Minisode 134, Strong Language and Violent Scenes, the podcast giving a second chance to films that might not deserve them. I'm Mitch Bain, I'm a lab horror writer and an occasional doer of
1: musical things. And I am Andy Stewart, occasional filmmaker, and today, just a mess of a, of a human being. I'm just, yeah, just <laughs> I've, I've let myself go.
0: I'm not gonna lie, that is, uh, that is uh, one of your
1: less catchy intros. No, no. <laughs> there was a real sad resignation to that fact, but yeah, I feel like I've let myself go. Like my facial hair is overgrown, my hair is wild and unruly. What on earth has happened to you? 2021 already? It's been a roller coaster.
0: Yeah, I think that we were always kidding ourselves on when we thought that things would instantly improve at midnight on December 31st.
1: Yeah, I think everyone hoped that it would. That there would be some kind of bright, glowing light that would just cleanse everything.
0: Yeah, uh, no such luck. Though. No, no, no. Because I think
1: <laughs> since we last spoke, dear listener. We have been plunged back into full lockdown pretty much across the entire UK. Yep. America's a boiling cesspit of hatred.
0: Yep. And just
1: everything's fucked.
0: Yeah, but less of the things that we can't control and more about the things that we can. Have you been watching anything this week to cheer yourself up?
1: Uh, yeah, a couple of things. I'll just blow through some of them and then I'll dig deeper into something that's a bit newer. I spent some time this week revisiting folk horror classics, Witchfinder General and The Blood on Satan's Claw.
0: Nice, okay, cool.
1: I've watched Possessor again because I took possession of a US import 4K UHD Blu-ray. Lovely stuff. But aside from that, the only other thing that I've really watched is Fingers. Okay, cool. So we did
0: mention Fingers last week when we uh, said that it was coming to Shudder. Juan Ortiz's Fingers?
1: Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Uh,
0: now this played festivals a couple of years ago and I remember people quite liking it. I watched this as well, but if this is the main thing that you've uh, that you've watched this week, then you take the lead and I'll just chime
1: in. Oh, that's a pretty nifty dodge of trying to explain this one. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Yeah, there is quite a lot going on here and well done for trying to get clarification that it was Juan Ortiz's Fingers because imagine I'd said, no, it's 1978's Fingers with Harvey Keitel, <laughs> just wanted to be sure. Yeah, uh, where do I even start with this? Um, about a girl called Amanda, played by Sabina Friedman-Sites. Uh, mm-hmm. She pretty much is repulsed by everyone around her, and this kind of repulsion and starts to really manifest into like this severe phobia of just anyone who's even slightly different. Uh, there's a lot of really funny stuff across this whole film but there's some particularly funny stuff in the first 10 minutes I think where we're kind of digging into her repulsions a little bit and early on certainly she comes across as an absolute asshole.
0: Uh I think so as well when you see her kind of like talking about it and getting into the kind of meat of this thing that yeah like you say she just basically finds everyone revolting I was like is it going to be this for the whole time as funny as, as funny as I thought it was
1: yeah it's really not it actually gets a bit lighter and a bit more hopeful for her then one day one of the guys in her work, Walter he comes in and he uh, is missing a finger uh, <laughs> just kind of out the clear blue sky and obviously that's a physical imperfection that she just can't tolerate and it kind of drives her crazy and then the next day she comes out of work again and walter's missing yet another finger so the question kind of becomes what's happening to walter's fingers and as the story broadens out we kind of learn why the fingers are being taken <laughs> or we think we learn why the fingers are being taken and who's taking them, but then it all gets even madder after that.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably about as much scene setting as we need because I think that if you try and get into the actual mechanics of where this goes, and we could be here all day, um, what did you think of this?
1: I actually quite liked it.
0: Yeah, same. I would fail myself under quite liking it as well. I wouldn't say that it was like a runaway success for me, but it was just different enough, just eccentric enough, and tried just enough really interesting things to kind of keep me ticking over.
1: Yeah, and also, an hour and 24 minutes flew by watching this.
0: Really, really blows by, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah, and everyone's doing great work. The woman playing Amanda, I think she's really strong. Uh, Michael St. Michael's from the Greasy Stranglers in here, and I think he's doing great work. Although, there is one point where I was convinced he was reading his lines, like, from his lap. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't spot that. (laughs) And uh, also in here, playing an absolute blinder again, is Jeremy Gardner yeah uh-huh he's great once again there's some preposterous stuff with him in here
0: yeah i um i think that one kind of one thing that kind of unites all of his best performances is his kind of willingness to just throw himself 100 percent into things
1: yeah this might be the most um wild performance of has that i've seen where he's just let himself go bananas
0: <laughs> i actually have a contender for that title from the stuff that i've watched this week as well Oh, right, okay. I went backwards with Jeremy Gardner stuff because I've seen the battery and I've seen After Midnight, but I'd never seen uh, Tex Montana Will Survive.
1: Right, okay. This is actually after the battery.
0: Yeah, uh-huh, it's in between, isn't mm, it? Yeah. Um. So I had a feeling somewhere in the and distance, I was like, I th- I'm pretty sure that he put that on YouTube. Yeah. Uh-huh. And he did. So I went back and I caught up with that this week. So for anyone that hasn't seen it, it is out there. You can go and watch it right now. But also, he plays, air quotes, Tex Montana, this Bear Grylls-style survival expert who has mm-hmm. been kind of outward as a fraud. So in an attempt to kind of preserve his reputation, he said he's going to go and basically live in the woods or the mountains for like 60 days or something mm-hmm. like that. So like a long amount of time anyway. And we basically just watch him trying to do that and uh, kind of unravel and we learn more and more about him and his backstory and things. Now, are you not too hot on this one?
1: I wasn't really. Um, I like the idea of it, and again, I think Jeremy Gardner's brilliant, and I think the fact that it's largely improvised, I believe, is pretty impressive. But, I don't know, it just didn't really do it for me. See, I think I like this a
0: fair bit more than you. I really like this. So the, the parts that are obviously improvised, I think are really, really funny, mm-hmm. and I like where it goes, ultimately. I think that it is sometimes a little bit scrappy in the getting there.
1: Right. Mm-hmm.
0: But I think that ultimately I really did like it. And I guess it's not really a horror film by any stretch of the imagination. But I think that, yeah, considering he's in absolutely every frame of this, I didn't get tired of watching him.
1: Uh, he It's pretty much only him. Pretty sure it is. Just, yeah, uh, just actually, it. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Um, but no, I, I, I like this quite a bit. And like I say, if anyone's curious about it and it sounds like the kind of thing you might like, then uh, it's on YouTube on the Tex Montana channel. Right. So, yeah, go check it out. The only other thing that I had this week was uh, The Wolf of Snow Hollow. Oh, okay. Amazing. Uh, yeah, so this is directed by and starring uh, Jim Cummings. Jim Cummings is a genius. He's amazing. Well, yeah, um, I this was on my list anyway but Mm -hmm. I was a big fan of Thunder Road of his Mm -hmm. from 2018. I just caught up with that actually this past September while I was (laughs) self-isolating.
1: Of course you were, of course.
0: During that time when I watched a bunch of films and I really liked Thunder Road and around that time, I think it was maybe Stevie had said, oh, he's got this thing coming out and it's now available on vod in the uk so i caught up with that this week basically what you have here is snow hollow this kind of mountain town being i was watching loads of stuff that's set in the mountains this week actually now i think about it um but yeah um this mountain town that is being ravaged by this series of very graphic murders by the full moon so it is a kind of horror comedy werewolf movie where jim cummings plays the police chief also a ricky lindholm is in here from uh, Garfunkel Notes. She's really good in this as well. Everyone's good in it, actually. I really like this. I... I'm not a big werewolf movie guy, as some people might know. This, I would say, is probably. I obviously it's about a fucking it's a werewolf film because it's about a werewolf. But I think that it's that kind of very loosely. It's almost like a horror comedy or a comedy drama first, and then that second. I would say. I didn't know that you weren't into werewolf movies. Not massively. I didn't realise that. Okay, there you go. Um, but what I would say is that in Thunder Road, you had this divorced dad who was trying to kind of forge this connection with his daughter. Yeah. The same thing is going on. In the Wolf of Snow Hollow, and I think that the only thing that I think is a little bit strange is that it feels like the family conflicts from Thunder Road, although they're not as front and center as they are in Thunder Road, are kind of lifted wholesale from that film and air dropped into this one.
1: Right. Okay. Do you think um, that's a bad thing, or do you think that's just like a, a calling card?
0: I think it's maybe a calling card. I would say that it didn't bother me here. It's just something that I noticed. I would say that if it's something that it continues to go back to the well on, it might start to get a bit tiresome. Right. Okay. But um, but yeah, no, it worked fine for me here. I really like this. It's like pretty gentle for the most part, I would say. Mm-hmm. But I would recommend getting on this as well so that's the wolf of snow hollow if you want to watch it in the uk certainly it's available in vod the only other thing i did this week was um i've been watching loads of stuff this week actually um a mix of kind of catching up on some non-genre stuff that i've been meaning to get to okay but also just kind of trying to plug some gaps in my 80s and 90s knowledge
1: oh okay that's that's an admirable move
0: yeah because the 90s quest only took me so far and this week i actually did a little joe dante doubler
1: oh one of my very favorites well yeah a couple of
0: first watches no less. Okay. Um, for me this week, I watched Matinee first.
1: Ah, oh, brilliant. Amazing.
0: Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I think it's also one of those things where I kind of felt the same as when I was watching Mars Attacks, where I thought that it was like, this is a very obvious homage to things that I don't watch. <laughs> so um, for as much as I enjoyed it I was like this is probably more specifically for other people than it is for me Right. but I still had a really good time with it I think that there's probably some references that go over my head things like that but when is there not and also watch The Burbs
1: wow what
0: yep first watch which I also loved I'm not going to get too much into that either but I thought it was great and I think that Tom Hanks in like the last 10 minutes of it is absolutely just like one of my favourite performances in anything that I've seen in a while
1: Tom Hanks is amazing in that film but for me my heart lies with. Where- Bruce Dern's performance in the birds. See, I
0: am not used to watching Bruce Dern not being really old and stuff.
1: <laughs> I mean he's not he's not a young man in that. He? he had a fully but... grown-up daughter by that point. Like Laura Dern was only a couple of years away from being in Jurassic Park. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I mean you're not wrong. But like the things that I associate with Bruce Dern again, just because of my kind of viewing habits, like the things that I know him best from are things like the Hateful Eight in Nebraska.
1: Right, okay, okay, fair enough.
0: Um, And stuff like that. So it is, like, just purely as ever, owing to my own ignorance, that it's just kind of, like, strange for me to be like, oh, yeah, that's what he looked like when he was young, when it's actually just probably him when he was, like, 50. But yeah, that's the full scope of my viewing this week, uh, or at least the stuff that I would say bears a mention on here. However, I'm assuming that you've watched at least one more.
1: Yeah, I did. And I've got to be honest with you, Mitch, I know my plan was to for for these to mostly be first watches, but this week's been quite shite, so I wanted to watch something quite comforting, so I went back to 1977 and watched Orca.
0: Okay, tell me more. Now, I think
1: I've said, maybe given this exact same description two or three times since we've started this little adventure, now, you know the film from 1975, Jaws, right? Right. I'm familiar, yes. Yeah. This is kind of like Jaws to the point of thievery. <laughs>
0: I did I did assume it was a whale movie. Yeah, okay. Um yeah. so outside of the inevitable Jaws comparisons, um what else is there that we need to know about this?
1: Absolutely incredible cast. Okay. Got you've got Richard Harris in there, Charlotte Rampling, got Will Sampson in there, Bo Derek. Wow. Yeah, it's a pretty busy cast. Uh quick synopsis for you, which although it might sound familiar, a hunter squares off against a killer whale seeking vengeance for the death of its mate. Oh, I see, okay. So maybe closer to Jaws. The Revenge in a way <laughs> I suppose <yeah>. considerably <laughs> just... better film than Jaws The Revenge I have to add
0: okay okay talking a big game over
1: there yeah yeah th- this is great it's available to buy and rent and stuff on Amazon Prime um, cool okay which is actually what I did because I didn't own it oh right okay cool that was it nature's gone Na- wild we're back in the sea um, we're coming back to dry land next week I have to I have to tell you in advance oh you planned it already yeah yeah yeah.
0: wow you're way more organised than I was when I did the 96 quest <laughs> Yeah, you were like
1: up to the minute we hit record. <laughs> <laughs> a lot
0: of the time, yeah. Uh, okay, so nature will continue to go wild next week. In the meantime, yeah.
1: What <speaksifs> have they been saying? Feedback time, then. Whole bunch of stuff this week. I'm just going to quickly start with a a retraction slash adjustment before we dig into these.
0: Okay, because a lot of the chat that we got this week was about this week's episode where Zoe Smith of Zobo with a Shotgun rejoined us after 101 episodes away to talk Repo the Genetic Opera and yes, Andy, you did bring to my attention that there was a wee factual error in that
1: episode. Yeah, it seems like there was a lot of confusion at play here regarding the daughter of Anthony Head. Yes, uh aha. I thought it was or or I mentioned Charlotte Big Tits for the Inbetweeners when in fact it was Carly, the obsession of Simon from the Inbetweeners.
0: Aha, aha, played by Emily Head. The clue may have been in the name if (laughs) any of the three of us had decided to use Google rather than just speculate. Yeah,
1: so uh, (laughs) thank Thanks to the people who got in touch to tell me i was wrong i hope that this move has leveled the playing field and we can move on safe in the knowledge that this has been addressed
0: yes uh-huh, uh-huh. We're, we're all about taking ownership of our actions here
1: but yeah a lot of
0: stuff coming in on repo the genetic opera which uh- uh, i guess is not that surprising <laughs> um kenel i want to say hello to you first
1: sure sure this feedback was a real mixed bag. That is the absolute tip of the iceberg. Um, <laughs> Canel, I am
0: 10 minutes in, which is further than the other time I tried, but honestly, this is dog shit, and I reckon I could easily
1: batter anyone involved with this. Castor crew, <laughs> not arsed. Other side of the coin, however, Laura Byron getting in touch to say, 10 minutes into the first watch, and I love it. Uh, I think someone must have watched the same 90s cyberpunk porn that I <clears throat> used to hear about. well i actually got back
0: in touch on episode day saying uh, quite the epic episode guys maybe one of my favorites which is always nice to hear
1: excellent thank you
0: Uh, and uh, on that same thread david s smith got in touch as well saying uh good pick first time i saw this movie i hated it a total grower for sure having seen it three times now i think i sort of love it david fair play to you i am not sure that i will ever put the hours in
1: with repo like you have done absolutely not uh, straddling the middle ground a little bit is, I think, a new person alert here. Hannah mm-hmm. at HKD. Oh yeah, that is a new person. Hello, Anthony Stewart Head can do no wrong, but Repo is close to the wire. I love it so much.
0: (laughs) Oh, well, okay. That's good then. Uh, I think we've talked about it. I think he's probably given one of the stronger performances in there, Mm -hmm. for sure, and definitely having some of the most fun. Cosmic Ray Girl, also a mixed bag here. She was watching it for the first time. She let us know that. She was watching it on Prime, as um, a few people were, and then got back at the end of it saying, well, 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 Thank goodness Anthony Stewart Head was in that, or I wouldn't have stuck with it. Looking forward to the episode, so I hope the episode made the watching worth it.
1: Jesus. Kean O'Brien got in touch just to say... Pros of the new Strong Violent PC. A new episode of Strong Language Violent Scenes. What's not to love? Cons. The feature-length Evanescence video that has repoed the genetic opera. <laughs> now... I made a very similar comparison uh, in the episode itself.
0: You did indeed, yeah, yeah. I think that you spotted, you pointed at a couple of specific moments, like cameras zooming theatrically out of windows. Stuff yeah, like that.
1: yeah. It's. Uh, <laughs> do you know? I've had a week to think about this. I don't like Repo: The Genetic Opera. Yeah,
0: I'm not certain that I do either, to be honest. But um, it was worth watching for the conversation, which I really enjoyed. Big thanks to Zoe for coming back.
1: Yeah, Ray, however, said she was watching the film in preparation for the show, but also because she thinks the film is great fun.
0: Oh. Good, okay. So uh, some love still out there. Dan Popomatic on Twitter got in touch.
1: Now he said that he only goes
0: back to older episodes of the show when he's seen the films, which is fair enough. I think a few people do that. Mm -hmm. So he said, so anywhere you cover musicals would have gone unlistened to you up till now, which means that Dan has not seen Murder Rock or Stage Fright. Oh, right. wow. He did also say I should probably watch Anne and the Apocalypse at some point though, maybe when I'm drunk. Uh, Anne and the Apocalypse is great, get that watched for sure. Um, it'll melt your heart about musicals, I'm certain. But he did get back in touch and say, so it turns out I have to watch an actual musical for the next episode of Strong Violent PC, breaking one of my unwritten rules, never watch musicals. He also said though given that Zubo with a shotgun chose it, we can probably assume it's hugely unpleasant and worth a go.
1: It's not. I mean, there's some gory stuff in it, but I certainly wouldn't say it's unpleasant in the way that most of the stuff that Zoe watches is.
0: No, I agree. I think that it's quite a gentle pick for her yeah kind of tangentially like to the episode stevie got in touch because we did mention the hottie and the naughty in this episode why was that paris hilton
1: paris hilton yeah uh, she won a razzie for that
0: yes so stevie and, for has, repo. and for repo yeah yeah it was a doubler that year wasn't it mm-hmm. stevie has seen that film yeah so um he said don't watch it." it is a film that should be avoided at all costs it is offensive and a nasty piece of work and you'll hate it so <laughs> fairly unilateral uh, dismissal of that film from stevie and if stevie says something's not worth a look
1: yeah yeah i mean stevie will Watch any old shit. You're not wrong. You got anything else on repo? I don't have anything else on repo, no.
0: Okay, cool. I want to say a quick hello to Kim Morrison, getting in touch on Facebook. Hi, Kim. Saying, has anyone seen Pet Graveyard on Amazon Prime? <laughs>
1: We have danced around this so fucking much man like we have skirted around watching this film many times
0: Yes, we almost have a couple of times there not to be confused with Pet cemetery of course It's been on the wheel of names I think but I watched it over the weekend and oh boy It's something however here are some of my favorite letterbox reviews of it And you can decide for yourself if it's worth your time So she has put a couple of quotes here including that this is neither about pets nor graveyards <laughs> There are no pets in this movie 30 minutes in, no pets in sight, what a shame. There was no pet graveyard, still waiting for the pets in the graveyard. No pets, no graveyards.
1: <laughs> what the fuck's it about then?
0: I am very good. Like, like, I'm not going to lie. Like, she's piqued my curiosity just for that reason because, like, now I feel like I should watch it just to see what it is about if it's not about a pet graveyard. <laughs> That's
1: absolutely what I'm going to do tonight. <laughs> if, you, if you watch
0: it, it's actually just Under Siege 2.
1: <laughs> then I'm definitely watching it. <laughs> I was going to say I'll install it as next week's nature gone wild, but then I'm thinking if there's no pets in it, I can't really do that. So
0: yeah, for all you know, it's like a police procedural or something. There's there's no guarantee.
1: No, that's true.
0: Definitely watching it though. Had <laughs> to feel it. Uh, Andrew Barron also getting in touch. He was watching Mannequin this week. Mannequin. Um, yes, and that may not sound relevant until he pointed out that he just noticed a cameo from Pat Ryan, the junkyard owning corpse molester from Street Trash. Hey. <laughs> <Hooray!
1: laughs> you got anything else uh yeah just the one thing coming in from our old pal the shakes 72 dave shakes just saying Mm -hmm. listening to some strong violent pc episodes today and regret missing the christmas shenanigans now yes we did do a bunch of stuff over christmas and yes your presence was noted dave so please do your best to make it to the next thing that we do we would love to see you
0: and dave don't worry we are never far away from doing one of these things so there will be other opportunities very soon
1: yeah absolutely
0: i just have the one more thing uh billy kirkwood got in touch
1: Oh, I saw this, yeah. <laughs>
0: um, this is an almost unbelievable coincidence. He sent us a mock-up poster for a Howard the Duck-Buckaroo-Banzai hybrid. Now, you may know, if you listen to the show regularly, mm-hmm. that Billy's been on twice, and those are the two films that he's done.
1: Yeah, I was amazed this even existed. It felt made for him, or by him. Uh, yes,
0: the poster that we saw was The Adventures of Duckaroo-Banzai Across the Eggs Dimension.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, So yeah I appreciate Billy getting back in touch to bring that to our attention as horrible and nightmarish as it is
1: When do you get Billy back on?
0: Yeah I think it's about time Maybe time for another Listener's Choice
1: We keep saying that Mitch then we don't do anything about it Let's Yeah fuck it let's just have Billy back on and let him pick whatever he wants (laughs) No no no, no I'm going back to Listener's Choice here Let's install Listener's Choice as a thing that we're doing and get people to start sending us in their choices their suggestions
0: Yes Okay I agree When I'm going through the ways to get in touch if I don't do it myself remind me to bring that up
1: I will i'll do it i think that's my lot as well excellent well that only leaves one screech
0: (laughs) (laughs) it is once again time for mitch's pitches now mitch's pitches is a feature on the show that is designed to exploit my ignorance for your entertainment while we're recording andy will send a picture to my phone it will be a poster from a horror film from years gone by he'll photoshopped out the title and the tagline uh-huh. And leave only the image. All identifying text will be gone. It'll be up to me to describe the image to the best of my ability and give it a title and a synopsis. So last week it was an Andy's pitch, as we promised, we were going to kick off twenty twenty one. It was the devil's honey reappropriated by you as saxophone.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I I can't wait for these. I'm just going to say like this. I've been really looking forward to this part all morning.
0: Uh, yes, I think that you're going to enjoy these. So uh, Lauren Ashley Carter, tenor. I hardly know her. <laughs> Not too keen, when lonely but intensely driven woodwind enthusiast Kaz Ooya heads to a lonely heart section for companionship, he finds hope in the form of Susie Single Reed, a voracious, insatiable woman driven crazy by the sensual art of saxophone jazz. Ooh. Has he bitten off more than he can blow? Will Kaz have the brass to keep <laughs> up, or will his fingers crumble under the pressure? Find out in 1974's subtly titled musical Sexploitation Classic, Swallow That Jazz Too, Songs in the Key of Fuck. <laughs> Andrew Barron, Sexual Healing. Oh, okay. When he said he was getting the horn, this isn't what he expected. <laughs> Laura Bynan, filmed in New Jersey, where actors are cheap. It's Roberta Finley's 1982 classic, Everything You Ever Wanted to Know About Sax, but we're afraid to ask. <laughs> uh, James Plum, 2002's Director Video sequel in name only, Requiem for a Dream 2, Brass to Mouth. <laughs> Darren Gaskell, more sax, please, I'm European. (laughs) Zoe Rose Smith herself, 1987 erotic drama about a 20-something woman who discovers sexual liberation, freedom, and pleasure through the magical monotones of a mysterious jazz player's saxophone. But is he really the man of her brass-clad dreams or just the beginning of her discovery that musical vibrations are the key to opening her trinket full of desires? It's trumping my trinket. (laughs) Gross. Mark Goddard, in a post-apocalyptic world, men can only share their emotions with the power of music. One man takes to the stage to spread the love in a magic Mike style jazz show called Vajazzle. <laughs> Lauren McIntyre, a young Kurt Cobain, discovers a magical saxophone imbued with the power to bring women to orgasm when played in 1992's Come As You Are.
1: <laughs> He's Uh,
0: James Rodriguez, Coltrane McNamara, dreams of being a world-famous saxophonist, but he's hampered by the fact he fucking sucks at it. He drowns his sorrow in a bar when he meets the alluring Venus dick trap. He takes her back to his apartment and, after an experimental love session, discovers that her love juices momentarily make him a talented musician. To make his dreams come true, he regularly collects the fluids in his saxophone. Gross. But how long can that arrangement last? Find out in a tale that only exists due to mounds of cocaine, it's Sax in the City, this is Spinal Wap.
1: (laughs) Spinal Fap. (laughs) I've got to say, sometimes James's pitches turn my stomach, like the, the idea of a saxophone full of... Vaginal fluids is up there with the word SMegma for me.
0: Yeah, it's pretty gross. Guy Harvey Reeford, National Lampoon, Sax Vacation. Alright. <laughs> Zoe Louise, fucking saxophones. <laughs> Jesus Christ, these are there's millions of them. That's so amazing. Yeah. Just a couple more. Uh when Kenny Loggins meets his latest muse and secret <laughs> demon, Lucy Queef, he finds that he's bursting with new material. Soon he finds that he can't stop writing, and that every song he plays makes women orgasm by the end. During a small concert to try out some new material, he accidentally causes the death of several women during the show. (laughs) Now, with his head filled with songs and being chased by the police, Kenny must find a way to undo whatever curse Lucy has put on him and try to clear his name. It's the 1999 horror musical Queef the Death Demon. Kenny Loggins has some new killer music. That's from C.P. Buckley on Instagram. Lovely. Harry underscore Ray. Trevor Horniman finds a saxophone that will conjure whatever he desires if he plays a flawless tune. Unfortunately, the beautiful woman he conjures turn out to be a life-draining succubus who <laughs> begins a sexy, savage killing spree in sax and violins. Crescendo of death. Oh, uh, yeah,
1: I like it.
0: Kennell, wealthy divorcee, Anita Woodwind, embarks on a series of torrid affairs with various local brass band members, <laughs> each culminating in a brutal murder in Jim Wynorski's 1997 direct-to-video erotic thriller Bassoon Instinct. <laughs> and to wrap up, Bill Carr Devastated by the death of his sister, the adult film star Alabaster Funky Cunt <laughs> jazz musician Callum Fondue Decides to pay tribute by having her body Taxidermied and permanently Mounted on the end of his saxophone Tim Capello stars in the hit musical of 1988 I Still Believe Brilliant. So uh, that is your lot um, Well done everyone
1: Best character named Callum Fondue Okay. Best pitch to Kean. Keen.
0: okay. So Bill and Keen, big well done. You are winning big sacks and nothing this week.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I keep them coming, guys. That was fucking incredible.
0: That really was great.
1: Yeah, I don't feel the image that I'm going to send you here, Mitch, is perhaps as fertile for such good content as last week's was. Okay. But I will send you it anyway. Uh, it's on the way now. You should be receiving it any second. No worries. Okay.
0: Yeah, Yeah, the Eagles landed. Let's see.
1: Oh, yeah, okay. This is a fair bit simpler. Yeah, well, last week's it was pretty simple, but uh, I, I think it was such a strong, jarring image. That, uh, yeah, it was evocative.
0: Yeah,
1: absolutely. Yeah. It got people thinking. Definitely. Um, okay, so no border
0: of this image. Background is black. Mm-hmm. Um, in the top half of the image, we are seeing the top half of a man's face. Um, he has what appears to be very dark hair, although you don't see very much of it, and piercing blue eyes. He's looking straight ahead, and he looks pretty and He's also wearing a surgeon's mask, and I would guess from what you see of his shoulders, scrubs. Okay. Uh, In the bottom half of the image, we have someone approaching what looks like a kind of like a big old house. Sure. Maybe like a manor house or something, but it looks a little bit run down. Looks like some of the windows are boarded up. He is holding a small case of something in his left hand. He is also holding a blade behind his back with his right hand. That is actually just about it. So uh, Mystery Man approaches house with case and knife as an angry looking surgeon stares at you. (laughs) <laughs> okay, fair. Okay, this is this is a bit simpler, but um, I th- okay, I think I you know where I'm going with this. Are you going to need a minute? I would say so. I can't get over the sheer volume and
1: quality of pictures from last week. Yeah, that's pretty impressive by anyone's standards, I think. Yes, very strong indeed, I would say. Every one of them was brilliant, actually. I think as well. The, they kind of sing to me because they're dirty. Oh, I know. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know how this works by now. <laughs> uh,
1: how's your pitch going?
0: Uh, just about there, I think. Yeah, um, Yeah. this is pretty silly, I'm going to warn you. This is not one of those very, very straight-faced ones that I sometimes do.
1: Well, the film's pretty straight-faced, and you'll you, you, see what it is when I tell you in a little while. But uh, in the meantime, lay your pitch upon me. Okay, here we go.
0: When famous Hollywood actor Clyde Spoonsworthy starts appearing at glamorous Tinseltown parties with mild-mannered receptionist Maud Lee Smitten, the media goes wild for their wholesome relationship and delightful public displays of affection. With her girl-next-door good looks, altruism and folksy charm, what the public don't know is that Clyde has stolen Maud away from her childhood sweetheart, eccentric Spanish cardiologist and part-time squirrel taxidermist Eduardo Corazon. As Eduardo descends further and further into a jealous rage, he throws himself into his work to take his mind off things. However, things take a turn when Clyde suffers a mid coital heart attack at his Mulholland Drive estate, and urgent medical help is required. <laughs> with the surgeon present at the scene, Eduardo himself, what starts as a deadly fight for survival soon becomes a deadly fight for survival, mm-hmm. as Eduardo finds himself with the ultimate chance to take his revenge for Love Lost in 1984's B movie body horror schlockfest, Deathoscope House Call from Hell. Wow, okay. I think I
1: extrapolated quite far there. I think you did. I, I think you were pulling in a lot of stuff that wasn't there. I also, think that if you're, I also think that if your surname is Spanish for heart, then you can only really become a cardiologist. Yes,
0: what's Spanish for nominative determinism? <laughs> <laughs> right, okay, uh, I'm going to hazard a guess that I am at least a little bit out with this. So I did say 1984 for the year.
1: Uh, that's 1992, I'm afraid.
0: Okay, okay, that's a little bit newer than a lot of the ones that you tend to go for. So what's the film? It's uh, Dr. Giggles. Dr. Giggles, okay. I told you it was serious. <laughs> okay, what's this about and who is our synopsisizer?
1: Our synopsisizer coming from IMDb this week is Gas Mask Productions Books. Oh, okay, I feel like that organisation may yeah. be taking on too much. <laughs> I don't know if it means that they're selling gas masks and books and producing things. But yeah, you could be right, it could be too much.
0: Yeah, okay. Um, Leomi. A madman
1: who believes he's a doctor comes to the town where his crazy father was killed and soon begins murdering people and becoming infatuated with a teenage girl who has a heart condition. Oh, okay. Mm. you seen this? Oh, yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, those eyes oh, really? there are okay. the eyes of Larry Drake, who was the bad guy, and Darkman.
0: Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. That was a late entry in the 90s Quest, So recall. I think it might have been the last one. It was certainly, it was, yeah, it was, it was pretty, pretty close to the buzzer. It might well have been the last one, actually, yeah. That concludes Mitch's pitches for this week. That image is everywhere. So get in touch and get pitching. This week will take some beating, but we love to see you try.
1: Yeah, please, please do
0: turning our attention to the streaming platforms for this week then not a massive amount but some good stuff going on here so Netflix first then in fact Amazon Prime first because it doesn't have anything Netflix Wednesday uh, <laughs> Night Stalker Hunt for a Serial Killer so this is a true crime limited series uh, beneath the sunlit glamour of 1985 LA looks at a relentlessly evil serial killer in this true crime story two detectives won't rest until they catch him
1: right okay do you think they do? who
0: can say only Netflix have the answers
1: yeah 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 you, you want to throw your money at Netflix and find out for yourself Tuesday on Sky
0: Cinema uh, we have follow me a social media influencer and his friends find themselves in over their heads in moscow as the search for quality online content brings them to a sinister world
1: uh, give me strength this is already setting my teeth on edge
0: yeah same i gotta say um shudder um a whole bunch of stuff coming in on monday before the fire as a global pandemic engulfs los angeles rising tv star ava boone is forced to flee the chaos and return to her rural hometown attracting a dangerous figure from her past uh, this sounds all right but i'm not up for pandemic stuff right now
1: no, and also the name Ava Boone sounds fake. It sounds like a Mitch's Pitch's name.
0: It does a wee bit, doesn't it? Mm. Um, also coming to Shredder on Monday, we've got Celia, an imaginative and disturbed young girl fantasises about evil creatures and other oddities to mask her insecurities while growing up in rural Australia.
1: Right, okay. Also got Dakra. Right, that's played Fright Fest, I think.
0: Um, Yeah, it's certainly. I remember it doing the rounds at festivals and seeming to be getting a pretty good reception at the time. Set in contemporary Tunisia, journalism student Yasmin and two classmates set out to solve the cold case of Mongia, a woman found immediately 25 years ago and now institutionalized on suspicion of witchcraft also on monday matt holness's possum oh right okay cheery uh yeah don't watch this if you're already having a bad day but definitely watch it disgraced children's puppeteer philip returns to his childhood home intent on destroying possum a puppet he kept hidden in a leather bag when his attempts fail philip must confront both his sinister stepfather and the horrors of his past great film great film but hard work yeah, uh-huh, a heavy, a heavy, a heavy set, that one. Sutter then also on Thursday, Hunted, what started as a flirtatious encounter at a bar turns into a life-or-death struggle. <laughs> a <laughs> deadly fight for survival, one might say. A deadly game of cat and mouse, even. Better fucking not be. As <laughs> Eve becomes the undoing target of a misogynistic plot against her. It's a modern and radical survival horror take on the Little Red Riding Hood fable.
1: Right, okay.
0: Um, that's your lot for this week. Um, I would say Pick is pretty open and shut here. It's got to be Possum, I think. Yeah, agreed. Shudder having you back there as usual. So, turning our attentions to this week's show then, and we do once again have a
1: guest. (laughs) Yeah, we do. I've got to say straight away, Mitch, I've had some reservations. Not about the guest, but the film choice here, and yeah, this could raise some eyebrows, I think.
0: Okay, let's see what the people have to say. However, our guest this week is the writer and star... Of Double Date.
1: Yeah, but you recently watched and loved.
0: Yeah, this is kind of what put the idea in my head to uh, go and see if anybody wanted to come on. And uh, had a chat with Danny Morgan, the writer and star, And he's up for coming on, so he's appearing this week.
1: Yeah, and we're going back to 1985 this time for a film that I saw in the cinema. I I must have been far too young. I can't even really remember anything other than being in the cinema and watching this. But it's uh, Return to Oz. Yeah. I must have been fucking petrified by this. Yeah, but you've been five. Something like that. If it came out at Christmas or any time after Halloween, then yeah. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah, uh, and I've got to say, uh, certainly in terms of horror value, this film makes the grade, but, yeah, I'm curious to see what the listeners make of this choice, because it's yeah. generally considered quite well-loved.
0: About 53% Rotten Tomatoes score, which I think is interesting. Um, if you want to catch up with this one, then it is available, I believe, on Disney+, Plus and mm-hmm. to buy on Amazon Video.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, Mitch, are you going to watch The Wizard of Oz in
0: preparation, just to get a bit of grounding in the story? Um, I don't think that I have that kind of time. (laughs) 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 I will definitely familiarise myself with the events of it, though. (laughs) Sure, sure.
1: Well, the film will do that for you, to an extent.
0: Okay, well, that's good. Danny Morgan, then, of Double Date joins us this week to talk Return to Oz. If you want to get in touch with us and let us know what you make of that, then there's loads of ways you can do that. Facebook and Instagram are Strong Language Violent Scenes. You can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC. You can email Strong Language Violent Scenes at gmail.com. And you can join the discussion on the Facebook group, The Chud Locker. Also, don't forget, get your suggestions in for our next Listener's Choice episode.
1: Yeah, well done, that man. Yeah, Thanks and we've also much. got a Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Strong Language Violent Scenes.
0: Eyes on the feeds, lads, this week. Yeah i got something for you um, And if you're curious about it Head on over there Take a look at it There's loads of tiers there And uh, we've got some pretty cool stuff Planned for the year Yeah However we're back in the main feeds On Friday Talking Return to Oz With Danny Morgan Join us then if you can In the meantime Don't forget It is better to die a hero Than live as food In a world of chants Goodbye
1: Bye guys You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes With Andy Stewart And Mitch Bain Strong Language and Violent Scenes Theme by Mitch Bain Production and artwork By Andy Stewart Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean.